Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sports Joe presents the GAA Hour. You're all very welcome back to the GA Hour. We've had a, a break for, for a few months, but the club season, it's in absolutely full swing now at, at the minute. And between that, the All-Stars, um, I think it was a, a brilliant week to come back uh, yesterday. I know myself, um, between TG Car, between Clubber, I was flicking between the laptop up on the phone, looking at the matches and the results and trying to keep up with different games. There's one stream on, you'd St. Norman's and Nace on, that started at half one. Then you click on, you see Kilmacud are coming up against against RD, St. Mary's up in RD. Uh, then David Clifford is playing half an hour later. It's all happening at one time. Kilalanyan are coming on against Clonlara. You're kind of balancing between the two games. It's hard to keep up with it, but... Um, it's a great weekend to to come back, I think, for us. Yeah, it is. And it's one of them weekends where afterwards, on a Monday, going into work, you just want to talk about it and you want to dissect it and get into it. So it's just the perfect weekend to come back with with a podcast. And this will be us now until the end of the club season. Um, so loads to get stuck into. Can't wait. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that's it. You have so much to talk about, I suppose. We're, we're going to start on, on, on Saturday with the Corfin and Balna game. I know you were um, writing about this game yourself. Um, Lee um, I suppose the big kind of talking point at the end of it was that the Ballina manager Niall Heffernan he kind of came out swinging after the game because these boys had shipped a lot of criticism Mm -hmm. after the Mayo final and it obviously was a disappointing Mayo final it was six points to four Um, but yeah he was speaking and off the ball and he was he, he defended his team and in fairness to him he had good grounds to to defend the team um, from their performance like what he said was Empty cans make the most noise. For people to say we're a defensive side is absolute rubbish. We were the highest scorers in the Mayo Championships. The facts point to themselves. On the day we kicked some poor wides, he's talking about the Mayo final here, Mm -hmm. but it's criticism by some people who are getting paid a lot of money to stand on sidelines and make comments. They're not looking at the effort put in by amateurs on the pitch and on the sideline who are trying um, their best. In fairness, they did get a bit of criticism after that game. John Mohan on the commentary and, of course, uh, Joe Bradley. Oh, yeah, and I think Pat Spillane <clears throat> did a big column on them as well. But you, do you know what? They're probably just a little bit unlucky because the thing with the club season is, and you know this yourself, uh, we're kind of at a premium when it comes to like content to write about and to get stuck into. It's not like the inter-county season. So when Colin was see a game like that Mayo final 6-4, Every single one of them are going to latch on to it, you know, because it's their way of filling the page, basically. So they probably got more criticism than they would have done, you know, if it was maybe a county match or whatever, because there would have just been another game really quickly around the corner, a bigger game maybe to look forward to. But I thought they were um, excellent against Corfin, to be fair. Corfin, unbelievable. Um, but the way they attacked the game and they showed a side to them that we weren't expecting. And like, if you're not from Mayo, you, you wouldn't have got to watch a lot of Ballina this year. Uh, so you're just reading about them and then you're kind of expecting this, oh no, it's going to be really dire and defensive. But like even from the start, they won the toss and they decided to go against the win for the first. Mm, um, what do you think of that? I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, like it, it was sort of a sign of intent. You know, it was just like, you know, let's 
let's go at them and then in the, in, in the second half when, and I think I tweeted it at halftime is like this is everything to be like a shootout yeah. because they're going down they've got to win the second half they're really really going to go for it and if you look at the throwing from the second half the first thing to do is launch it in win a mark stick it over the bar and you're like here we go a proper game of football yeah at halftime I was like they have a chance here you were hoping they keep it to maybe a small bit tighter than six and maybe it'd be yeah. five or four. They got it down to four, I think, just before halftime. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, right, we have it here. Um, in general, I kind of like to play with the wind in the first half and I think build up that lead and then try and hold on. Yeah, I think they were just thinking, like, this is Corfin, uh, probably the best known attacking team in the country at the minute. And if you don't get that lead at halftime and you know you're going to be playing against the wind, against a team like them who are going to really go after you, then you've got, you know, you're, you're, then your backs are really against the walls. Maybe just a bit of tactical play there. But um, Corfin themselves are just, they're, they're, they are a joy to watch. I know Joe Brawley made the 200-mile trip or something, you know, just to go down. and He stayed in the hotel in yeah. Galway and had a picture of Mickey Hart left on his, <laughs> seen uh, that, on seen his, that. On his bed, bed. Yeah, a free picture of Mickey Hart. Um, yeah, so he, he thinks, you know, they're like the uh, the beacon of purists or whatever way you want to call them. But they are brilliant to watch. I did really enjoy it. And they nearly brought the best out of Balana as well. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't think there was a huge difference in the styles Balana and Carfin played on the day. Like, um, yeah. Balana, like, as you were saying, you're expecting this to, to just be like 15 behind the ball just because of what you've heard. And I hadn't been watching the Mayo um, Championship before that county final. So... But they kicked the ball nearly all the time. Sometimes they were even kicking it too much mm-hmm. into the into the full forward. Um, they weren't overly defensive, and um, you know they played uh, a, a, a decent set, like which is fairly obvious. They're Mayo champions. You're not going to win that if you're if you're not a good team. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like, and I think it was just more credit to Corfin, you know, who, who had just lethal finishers, obviously. Gary says I wrote about him, thirty nine years old, kicking five points. Did you see the solo dummy? Oh. And then the, my that was the wind helped him there in it fairness did. it did it, but it did the Roberto Carlos thing where it was like it, the ball could not have looked more wide and then it curled yeah, in it was beautiful precisely enough just to hit the inside of the point yeah. and, then, and then go over the bar it, w- it was genuinely unreal to watch and Lee Brandon did something similar the week before his was maybe slightly better just because of the angle he was at yeah but the camera didn't get it as yeah. good yeah well it was like foggy weather and stuff yeah the camera mm. didn't capture it but he sold a defender into that and it was just class <clears> but we were sort of talking about this is like Gary Sace isn't just you know, a full forward. Oh, he's older, but he'll win ball and he'll yeah. and he'll get uh, scores for you. He's a guy who loves to get involved. He comes straight out into. The, he comes deep into the middle of play. And there was one instance in the first half where he kicked um, a through ball. I can't remember to w- the Corfin forward, but it it just completely freed him up. Threw on goal and only he lost his footing because of the the surface and maybe a bit of pressure from the defender. But he would have been through on goal and it was just such vision mm. and like I don't know. He plays with like like a street footballer sometimes like that adventure and all but that's what Corfin are encouraged when, to do when you have that experience with him yeah. you can kind of just do what you want yeah. I'd say and that's exactly what who's going to shout at him who's yeah. going to give out to him yeah. um, well he was he was spraying passes he was like Colin Cooper there the way yeah. he was kind of ste- like stepping back and then just pinging a pass into the full forward he gave one absolutely beautiful one um, I wanted to ask you about the wind I know Desi Hutchinson uh, Ballygunner Hurler said after the Sarsfields game that we don't really care about the wind the wind doesn't make that much difference at this level of the game uh-huh. he's talking about hurling in football it's huge isn't it like yeah, um, yeah. you could even see David Clark's kick outs in the first half one or two of them went straight out over the sideline and every game we watched this weekend the wind was just uh, the wind just didn't stop all weekend Like, but is it 
maybe it's not the biggest. It is still big in hurling, yeah. um, but it's it's huge. It's a huge thing in football, I'd say. Oh, it is a massive thing. Like, and you see all the corner forwards going out in their warm up, and they're. There's no grass left on the pitch because they're flicking it up in the air every two minutes. You know, I think a lot of that's for show too, to be fair. But um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just seeing it and then licking their fingers for some reason. <laughs> I test in the wind, like yeah. But um, yeah, no, the wind is a massive thing. Of course it is, you know, because it, it dictates how your team's going to play. It dictates your range in terms of what you're going to be shooting. Even as a defender, it dictates uh, what you're going to be doing because you can afford to let the forward go a bit deeper. Because he can't do as much damage there. Yeah, like you in know. that win the other day, you, you nearly had to be on 21 to score. Yeah, that's it. Like in uh, Salt Hill, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I which think. is just, I've seen some, some people were tweeting there should never be a game in Salt Hill yeah. at this time of the year. Like, <laughs> well, and it's then, a bit and harsh. But. And it's testament to, to like how good these two teams were. You know, 16 12, that's a decent scoring game in those conditions this time of year. Yeah. Um, but no, the, the wind is massive. Of course it is. And like, um, Corfin, did they change their goalkeeper at halftime as well? Yeah, I don't know what story was there. Well, they wouldn't say. It didn't say afterwards. I don't know if anyone had digged any deeper, but I'm wondering if the second goalkeeper, because they were against the win then the second time round, maybe just had a longer range in terms yeah, of his kick, man, or it could have been an injury. Your man is the, fe- is the goal with goalie, Bernard Power. Yeah. Like, so you're hardly, like, you're hardly taking him off like, I don't know. over <laughs> his kickouts. Like. It probably was an injury yeah. sort of thing. He wouldn't give it away anyway, but yeah, no, a really, uh, a really entertaining game. Um, and then, Against the win too, fitness becomes so important because as you're like yeah. the question with Corfin, we know they can kick it and we know they can attack, but can they run at you? You know, do they have the legs and they do? Like, yeah, you know, well, I mean, you see, serious. that comes from the young. The they have two young lads in the team. Well, they've a few. They've actually a few young lads in the team, but the two that really stood out at the weekend were Patrick Egan, and mm-hmm. he has an unbelievable engine on him. Yeah. Um, this fella in midfield kicked two brilliant scores, but was just on the ball. Even in, as you said, when it comes down to the fitness, who can stay going um, into the last 15 minutes, as Henry Shefflin famously said on his Lucasade ad, the last 15 <laughs> minutes are the championship minutes. But he was he was just, you know, he's, he's only 19, yeah. um, 20. I'm not sure what age he is exactly now, but very young looking chap yeah. and stayed going. And Jack McCabe was unbelievable as well. Yeah, crazy. <clears throat> like, I think he got five points and Gary Sice got five points. They're both in the full forward line. And there's 20 years difference between mm. 19 years old and 39 years they were old. They're calling him young bull and old bull yeah. somewhere I read the report. Unbelievable. So. Like, yeah. But like, what an unlikely <laughs> duo. Do you know, I'm mm. sure when they were growing up, he probably grew up watching Gary kicking points. Yeah. yeah it's like Adam Screeny and James Mahan in the, for Kilcormick and the Hurling, just yeah. a big man. Gary Sice isn't maybe too much bigger than Jack McKay, but yeah. you know. They, Physically. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good uh, that they can link up. Like, do you yeah. know, it's. The experience that brings the younger lad into it, like yeah, I know it's brilliant. Like, and he'll just learn so much from him. And, and obviously, they're both very young. But if you're a Galway fan, you can't help but look at that and think there's exciting things coming. Yeah, there was a few others as well. Like um, Tony Gill was playing centre forward. He obviously got the goal in the corner in the Galway final. Um, didn't have his goal today this time. Um, but there was a few other lads on the Cara Finn team as well. So they're. They're coming for Gavin Burke. I presume. I think he's a young man. I haven't seen too much of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was cornerback and he was lively. Um, but Carfin are they could be a, a common team, like or well, not a common team, but like a team who have as good a chance as anyone. Like um, Dylan McHugh is the captain. Kicked two huge points when they were kind of coming under pressure. I thought. Yeah. Like he they were missing Kieran Malloy. Yeah, yeah. McHugh was going brilliant. So. Um, yeah, there is. They probably have as good a chance as anyone now. Going they do. Forward. Like it wasn't that long ago, you know, that they'd won three in a row before COVID. Then the COVID season happened, and there was no provincial championships. And then it was 
Kuku and then Croke last year, I think is the order of it. But um, yeah. like a lot of that team are still there and they've got this injection of youth coming through. So you've got a brilliant blend there. You know, so many teams, they have a bit of a golden generation in the fall off. It's just so massive. Mm. But, you know, if you can just keep that sort of conveyor belt running and if you can mix and match and get that blend <laughs> right, which they look like they're doing. Um, they're in with as good a shade as anyone. Well, they definitely are, Lee. Um, I think they won a minor. I'm not sure it was this year or last year. Um, they're interme- the four adult teams. Their intermediate team um, relegated Kilcarran Clumbaran this year, Shane Walsh's club. Um, so they were delighted about that. I know there was, um, like, in the, in the middle of the year, I th- it was Egan and, and McCabe, or some of these young lads were involved with the intermediate team, and, you know, they were called up. Mm-hmm. Um to the senior team um, by Kevin Johnson who um, in fairness he's at some start to his manage- managerial career as well mm-hmm. uh, Sligo man one with Torla Strand and one with Ballantober and Mayo and now is is doing so well with Cara Finn so um, I I know you'll have Glenn up there Kilmacud are obviously going to be up there um, Kilmacud Nace would be there thereabouts Um I'd have them right up there, uh, yeah. Carfin at the top. I'd have them actually as favourites. You've Carfin as favourites? Yeah. It's a big call. Mm, who you, do you you've, have? you've been listening to a lot of Joe Brawley. Yeah, too much. Who, do you, who would you have? I, well, I, I think my, my basis is uh, like Kilmacud Crooks will have the confidence of winning it last year, and that's like a dangerous place to be a team as good as them, mm-hmm. so dominant as them. And you got to remember last year, they didn't have Paul Mannion for most of the championship. And they got him back just in time for the final. And even then, it was half a Paul Mann, you know, because he's just, just back from a really serious injury. So they have him in full flow this time around. Um, so he'll be really dangerous. But I also think Glenn were a whisker away of winning it. And that was without Kieran McFall, who is arguably their best player. So now he's back in the mix. They have that sort of experience and confidence of winning an Ulster title last year and pushing on again this year. And there's a bit of a theme of the team who lost the final goes on to win it the following year like <laughs> Kilku did that and then Kilmacook Crooks did that themselves and Glenn lost the final last year so that's why I'd have them maybe just just maybe ben, yeah um, probably just they were a little bit disappointing the last against Cargan mm. maybe, maybe Cargan are a good team to beat yeah. Dave Connell the year before um, so that'll obviously be that's they're at the Ulster final now Glenn and Scottstown isn't it or, no this no, is semi-final yeah okay. uh, Glenn play Neve Connell and Trellick play Scottsdale. Scottsdale, yeah. yeah. So, so none of them teams fun. are going to be easy beating either. No, no. And like, you think of someone like Neve Connell and Scottsdale, the way they won their games in the quarterfinals. Stands to them. You know, yeah, like last minute stuff, real mm. heroics. Like, you know, you can't help but do things like that and think, well, this is our story. This is our day. You yeah, know, our exactly. Year. Like in Scottsdale, like, sure, they have some amount of modern players. Like, yeah. you know, the core of their team is they've begging the Hughes's. Conor McCarthy, like Jack yeah. McCarthy, the, literally the best players in Monaghan, like so, um, they they'll have every chance too. Um, yeah, maybe what, uh, putting Carfin up the top, it was being a bit uh, writing <laughs> off the Ulster teams a bit soon. But look, you're here to to remind me about it's that. Nace and St Lomans. This was the first match um, I was watching yesterday. So this was a half one. Uh, as you're sitting down to for a big day of GA, uh, I knew the hurling was coming up at two, so it was ideal to have this one starting at half one and got it up on on Clubber. Um Kim Code and RD was on at the same time, but I kind of fancied Nace and St. Norman's to be mm-hmm. uh, a better game. Uh, in my predictions for the weekend I actually tipped St. Norman's. I thought that they were you know, I thought that they were kind of 
building and coming and like they obviously have that heartache you remember that game they lost to Moorfield they were five mm-hmm. up going into injury time in the Leinster final uh, I thought this was going to be their year to I suppose um, make the breakthrough there and win that Leinster title um, and it started off they had the wind in fairness so it does make um, such a huge difference but they did start off uh, very well and were leading by three points at half time had kicked some lovely ones Ron O'Toole was kind of dictating the play just fresh from being an all-star nomination at the weekend he was centre forward just kind of pulling the strings like kind of a bit similar to Gary Sice the way he'd be you know picking passes into mm-hmm. the full forward line and in there you had Shane Dempsey who was on fire in, in the first half he kicked two unbelievable points um, and then an, a brilliant goal just before half time so they went in um, three points up and yeah, Nace had the wind and Nace actually from half time to the end of extra time, St. Lomas didn't score again from play. Yeah. They got three more frees in the game. Missed missed a lot more frees too, but um it was Nace's legs that won it. Yeah, and v- very professional outfit now, Nace. Nace reminded me a little of Glenn in the sense that it was such a big thing for them to win their county. <clears throat> uh, they went maybe like was it thirty years or something before mm-hmm. they'd won it? Two years ago, yeah, they've they've tr- three in a row done that. Now they've three in a row done it, and that's very like like Glenn had never won it, and when Derry, and now they're three in a row, and like now they just got a real confidence about them and a real assurance at that level. Um, the Glen have obviously went one further in the provincial championship. Le- I think Nice haven't won Leinster yet, no. but um, they they know they belong there at least, and they've history there and familiarity there, and you know they weren't panicking at halftime like as you say, and they they just had to tweak things and. They knew that they could rely on like their fitness, and then when you've got Dark Irwin up front as well, <coughs> yeah, I mean you're always going to be in the show. Was it like one seven he finished with? Yeah, one six from play. Um, and for some reason he wasn't named on their team to start the game. Maybe he had a small injury concern coming in. Um, but any time I've seen him, he's just an unbelievable player, a brilliant man to take a score yeah. off the left foot. Um, very strong as well, has speed. He has it all really, um, Corwin and. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Um, yeah, I said, I suppose I did say that was the Nace's legs. Like, I wouldn't say that Lomans were like weren't as fit as Nace ran like that, mm-hmm. but just they did. They kind of, um, yeah, they ran out of steam a small bit. And I suppose when when Carwin got that goal in extra time, like that was an unbelievable goal, wasn't it? Like, and yeah. a great one. You love to see it. Like, there's still a place for the the long ball in, and like when you have a man like him in there, just let it in and the finish. Yeah, um, I love that when a lad takes the gets the ball and hits a quick like yeah, and hits it low on ground brilliant finish yeah. brilliant it's, love that route one football especially but that, that's route one football at a tee because he catches it from a ball in or a, a lovely ball in turns barely takes a step before you know he unleashes it so like within seconds you know you're St. Lomans the, the ball looks to be in a position where it's not going to cause you much danger and then it's in the back of your net yeah, like it must there. be the it must be such a blow to take for them and um, Nice just <laughs> were able to really build on that then and they're just yeah they're fantastic I'm looking forward to see how they'll fare out against Kilmacock Crokes exactly um, there was two David Goff was in that one and there was a controversial one he gave He I suppose he's done this before he um, owned Dial on the opposite side he, he'd know all about it because Goff actually sent him off Gave him a second yellow for not wearing his gum shield. That was about three, um, four years ago. Ronald O'Toole got booked in this one um, for not wearing his gum shield. He pulled it out of his sock and threw it in then uh, within within seconds. Um, there was another kind of a controversial one um, as well. It was the Lomans uh, centre-back, David Whelan. He was down injured with a knee injury. And I suppose, 
remember in the hurling um, semi-final this year, we were given out about uh, Nicky Quaid and the ref for stopping the game. Uh, you know, when a team had when the team had a bit of momentum, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a momentum break or whatever, and sometimes players go down with injuries to yeah. to stop the momentum. David Whelan went down, and Goff obviously thought that he was you know putting it on. Um, but William was down holding his knee and the uh, St. Lomans physio was in with him and Goff ordered him off the field and the St. Lomans physio was bullying like he was yeah. as he was making his way off you could see him on the camera he was roaring at Goff and giving out to him and then um, Goff goes over to your man and he's kind of like will you get will you get up like um, do you know we're, we're play on like uh-huh. um, but Whelan was in was in serious bother and he was like, Man, my knee is my knee is actually in, in trouble here. And eventually Goff had to stop the game and bring the physio back on then. So it was just oh, a funny man. moment. Like and then the, the crowd, uh but I I don't know as both set of fans, but definitely the St. Lomans fans were like, Whoa, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just It's a brave move from a referee to like assume that you're making Not the most injured, of an like, injury, yeah. you know, and then... Like, he has um, to go off, like... Yeah, if you, to get that wrong, I'd say he's like, oh, never again, but then he's a monster. At least he made it, at least he made it um, right and, you know, did it. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah, so. didn't, didn't make him suffer for it. The Gumshield one's interesting as well because it's like some referees just have their thing, don't they? Like a little weird thing that they're obsessed with. Uh, I was saying this, um, we all know it when you're playing, but when I managed these Belfast ladies team, I noticed it a lot more because... You just think every decision goes against you, but as <laughs> as you get to know the the referees in the division, each of them had like a little peculiar thing. There was one referee who's just obsessed with steps, so like you knew going into that is like girls take your your uh, solos and your bounces, even when you feel like you nearly don't need to, because it's, it's better than giving away a free kick in a in a dangerous mm-hmm. position. And then there was another ref, and now he really did my head in. Um, I needed to make a sub quickly. Maybe it was late on in the game, and I had written down the number and the last names of the two girls. And then she ran on to give it to him. And then next thing she came back with me and the referee was like making a gesture. I had to write their full names. And I was just like, oh, you're you're killing me out here today. But um, they're doing it, I suppose, they're thinking in their heads, literally to the letter of the law. It's just very David Goff, isn't it? Do footballers, like, do you wear your gum shield matches? Or do you see many lads or team throwing them in the sock? Because it does happen. Most of them, I'd say, throw them in their sock at at our level. I do wear a gum shield, but then I got my top four knocked out. So... That was very expensive <laughs> to get fixed. Or? Yeah, playing football, yeah. Not wearing a gum shield? Yeah, not wearing it. I was only 18. Um, was so it wasn't mandatory back oh, then. That's right. how old I am. Right. Um, I was going to say, well, like, well. Uh, yeah, you deserved it, yeah. yeah. So I actually wore gum shields before they were mandatory because then after that, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm never going through that again. It was awful. Yeah, um, but a lot of lads do throw them in the sack. Yeah, no, 100%. Some of them don't even bring them with them. Um, mm. It's just got that stage, especially the Gosh. old hands that, like, are... They didn't have to play with that rule before and they don't want to now. And it's like, if you're playing like junior, intermediate level, they maybe just think the referee's not going to touch them on it. But And more often than not, the referees don't bring it up unless you mouth back at them. Mm. And then they do that thing where it's like, wait a minute, do you not have your mouth guard in? You're like, oh, Yeah, no, just no. to get you like... Yeah, even if you've got a good point. It's like when you argue with your girlfriend and you've got a good point, but uh, they bring up something, you know, from the past. And Are they that uncomfortable, <laughs> the gum shields? Like? I, I never... used them like as a boxer though. Yeah, with boxing, I'm, I've, they've never <laughs> bothered me. The gum shields, like I got a good, decent one that's like fitted. I don't really see what the big deal is. Mm. Um, you see somewhere like them. having the gum shields or they're like kind of have them half hanging out of their mouth. Like, you yeah. know, how is this? Like? I suppose if you're a real shouter on the pitch like you love barking yeah <laughs> you know true. you don't sound right with the gum shield like. yeah it's it's a bit weird with the gum shield so they're always taking the men and out for that and then taking the men and out's nearly the bit that like 
causes you to be out of breath because if your heart rate's like flying mm. and then you're taking it out and you're taking that little second to, you know, sort yourself <laughs> and then get it in again, then I'd say it's maybe more in your head than anything. But yeah. uh, I don't see It's a funny one as well. Uh, I've seen it, I think it was Sam McCartan, the St. Lomans Centre Four, just had the gloves in the back of his shorts like for a lot of the game. Like, what yeah. is the story there? I, that's a great question. I have no idea. I'm just terrified of losing them. I'm not, like, annoying, I'm not like, county like, level. No yeah. one's giving me gloves for free. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> They're expensive. I am not putting them in my in the back of my shorts. I, I don't know. Just leave them on the sub bench if it's a dry I day. I think it'd be distracting like having them there in the back of your shorts. Like. Never. Sure. And then someone will just pull them or I don't know. That That's people with too much money or they've got a sponsorship. Too many shorts or yeah. too many gloves. Yeah. And um, maybe they're doing a favour. They didn't want to wear the gloves but they're uh, trying to plug a mate's uh, yeah. company. But or they something. won't wear them in their hands. No. Like, so no. it's, not, it's not doing a great <laughs> job. Um, so Nace and Kilmacud in the final in mm-hmm. two weeks. By the sounds of you, you're giving Nace a chance? Yeah, you got to give them well, a chance. Well, they obviously have a chance. Yeah. But, yeah like a... I, I, you got to give them a chance, you know, <clears throat> especially because they're not just the new boys of, of this level anymore. Like I said, they, they have experience at Leinster and they've got hurt there as well. And they, um, But also the confidence of knowing that they belong. So they'll, they'll, they'll go in with, with confidence. Um, Kilmacoke Crooks just have a bit of an aura about them at the minute, as you would being All-Ireland champions. But they've always been, or they've been there and thereabouts in the last few years. They were in the final year before that as well. Two, they're going for three in a row in Leinster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. If, they, if they win it, they're joint on the top of the Roll of Honour with Vincent's and Port Leash with seven. So uh-huh. probably a big one for them. That's it. Yeah. So I mean, you, you still got to you got to just say the champions are probably going to be the favourites, but I definitely say Nice have. Yeah, Nice are a team who are on uh, on the crest of a wave yeah. because their hurlers are in the Leinster semi final next weekend against the FINA as well. Uh, Three of them are, are dual players. Um, Brian Byrne, he was playing yesterday. James Burke and uh, young Dara Gearan, who won an all Ireland twenty with Kildare last year. So um, that club is just on the crest of a wave right now. While we're talking about Leinster football, we'll go on to um, Kilmacud. As we were saying, um, the wind was huge and they were 10 points up at half time. And Paul Mannion's on fire. He had four f- unbelievable points. They're up on clubber. Um, Franny wants to see it with the wind and you think the game's over one ten to three points yeah like. I mean like he, oh, Paul Mannion first of all is just <clears throat> outstanding like and, and what a weapon to have and made the point earlier that they got to the All-Ireland final last year more or less without him because of his injury so to have him this year is just a, an almost scary thought and then I'm just sort of thinking what's it like being Paul Mannion because he's just part of the most dominant club and then he was part of the most dominant uh, county team um, for most of his career so like he knows nothing but winning at the absolute very top and consistently. Like he wasn't even there for that little uh, dip in Dublin. You know the two years where they, or three years where they didn't win the All Ireland. Yeah. But he left and um, on a high, and then he came back and he's like, "Right lads, I'll win this for you again." And then man of the match in the final. He's just what it must be like to be Paul Mannion. Like, he's just incredible. Yeah, and Wally said he had a few Heinekens at the All Stars <laughs> as well. So uh, they obviously did him um, no harm. But the second half. Um, I was obviously watching Killy Daniel Clanlara was on the telly, St. Lomans and Nace was on here on Clubber. Uh, only had one laptop, so I had to switch over when I checked it on Twitter on my phone that the score was 110 to 18. Okay. RD St. Mary's got 1 5 without reply. Um, Kieran Keenan got three marks, and he was the one that kind of kick started the revival. And when they got it down to 110 to 18, this is when I got onto this game on Clubber. 
I was going from screen to screen like a madman uh, on yesterday. Really tough day on the couch now. Yeah. Uh, but Are you uh, okay? When they, that was tough, but I'm, I'm, I'm back, back in the race now today. But when they got it down to two, they had chances. Mm-hmm. They had chances to kick it level and miss them. Um, but, you know, it was worrying times there for Kilmico Cross. It shows what the wind can do, I suppose. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it just shows what, when, you're, when you're playing a top team as well mm-hmm. and a team full of confidence. Um and that'll give other teams confidence too, seeing that you can get at Kilmoco Crooks, you know, that they're not maybe uh, unbeatable. But then at the same time, when you're like as <laughs> undefeated in championship for as long as they are, when they have these slips, they're so few and far between. So like chances of them playing poorly or letting a team back into it again the next day is even slimmer. Do you know what I mean? And then um, I think Shane Walsh kicked five points. Uh, I was sort of he making did. a point to you beforehand that like he said after the... Dublin Championship final that yeah 2023 hasn't been my year and I'm really looking forward to 2024 and then I sort of thought wait a minute he's won a club ball Ireland in 2023 he uh, got to the National League final with Galway in 2023 he won the Connacht Championship with Galway he's won a Dublin Championship with uh, obviously Kilmacud Croaks and now he's in a Leinster final which they could possibly win as well all in this year that he's mm. been apparently terrible he's at a stinker isn't he oh, it's just uh, I'd hate to have a year like that to be honest it'd be yeah. awful yeah sure it was all our fault though for having him on the podcast here oh yeah that's game, so uh, <laughs> what can you do but Kilmico Croaks they always seem to be pulling new players out of it like I haven't seen much of Dara Dempsey he was a Dublin under 20 um, this year and he got the goal for them um, yesterday Um and you know Luke Ward is obviously a young player he came on and got a point Shane, Shane Horn came on and got a point these were the crucial points Yeah. because there was only four points in it um, at the end Mark O'Leary is another new enough face in the team who's doing very well um, wing forward so um, yeah they obviously have huge uh, strength and depth and they will be favourites going into that final um, against Nace um, the other um, football game from this weekend was St. Bridges and Mohill and it was a low scoring game, one seven to six. Uh Mohill were leading by four points to three at half time. They had the wind. Keith Byrne was was he's obviously their star man and he was going well. He kicked three from play and a free. But um Bridges got the goal and 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 won it then. So judging by that, they'll be up against it against Carfin yeah. in the Connick final. No, it will be. Uh, I think it's ten years on since they won the club all Ireland final. Yeah. St. Bridget's, but um, I'm not too sure if many survivors in that team, if any. But uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be up against Corfin. I think everyone knows that. But you know, when you get through games like this in a semi final, um, you, you earn your spot, you know, and, and they'll go in with, it, with every bit of confidence, I'm sure. It, uh, it'll be a lot more entertaining, I think. Yeah, well, especially a traditional club like them, like and when you have an all Ireland club, you're just going to have that confidence. So, yeah. so they will be uh, confident going into it. Um, yeah, so we're going to take a short little... Or you know what? No, we won't take a break. Oh. We'll talk a little bit about the Gaelic Football All-Stars while we're talking about Gaelic Football because uh, Robbie Brennan brought it up um, when he said, listen, I am biased, of course, but he, Paul Manley, should have got an All-Star without a shadow of a doubt. I won't say it was a joke, but it was a bit of a strange one that he didn't get it. But I don't think it would bother him too much. I think he's ha- happy enough to come down... And and do his business today. Uh, he obviously missed the Dublin team holiday, I think, as well, oh. Robbie Brennan said. I think they're just gone in the last few days. So he said he's probably a bit more peeved off with that um, more than anything else. That yeah. was from the Irish Examiner. Um, so, yeah, the all-star team talked to me. <laughs> well, 
Poor Paul Mannion, in fairness. He's probably... I'm, I, was, I was trying to look at it, like, I mean, I wonder how many people won Man of the Match in an All-Ireland Final and didn't get an All-Star. I'd say, you know, is he the only one? There's probably, probably a few, yeah, but... probably yeah. is, yeah, yeah. Because um, he was he was excellent. <clears throat> but um, when you look at that All-Star team, so, like, we, I, I picked the GAO, GAA Joe team of the year. I think I picked it on All-Ireland Final Day mm. that night. And there's only two differences between... You were very close, my so, yeah. Team. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I had... I had Carl O'Connell in ahead of Garth McIlness and I had Cormac Costello in ahead of... Cormac Costello, you had him in ahead of Enda Smith. Enda Smith, yes, that's of course, yeah. Um, and like, the thing about the All-Stars is, does Paul Mannion, Cormac Costello and Carl O'Connell deserve an All-Star? Yeah, they do deserve one, but does Garth McIlness... Not deserve uh, one. Yeah, no, you know, that's the thing. There actually there just isn't enough room, really. So it's going to be unfair to whoever gets left out. I have no issues with, with the All-Star <clears> team, really. I mean, Carl O'Connell maybe like... He was just so fantastic all year, and he, he, even when Monaghan were playing poorly, which they did on occasion, the game against Derry comes to or comes to me. Um, he was still always yeah. unbelievable. Um, and he was outstanding, like yeah, like crazy, crazy good. But uh, I think with Garth McKillness in that position, that he maybe wasn't as good as Carl all year in terms of consistency of our season. But that semi final against Kerry was like the stuff of. He Heroes. was unbelievable at it. Yeah. Crazy, crazy good. And it was so standout and so fresh in the memory. You couldn't, he, he needed a medal or something for that because he, he was unbelievable. He even got injured that day. Like right at the end, yeah. Left I think everything he, out there that day. Yeah, he had to get stretched off in the end. He had yeah. the, the, the gas thing on and, yeah. and all. Like, I mean, he, he's all everything right. on Was the he back playing club? It wasn't in the cruise shit anyway. It was. Uh, uh, no, it, it was. Uh, now, there's so many different types of cruise shit. Is it your. Medial. Medial, yeah. yeah. And it's maybe not quite as serious. Was he back playing club? Or I don't know if he made it back just in time. Yeah. I know Ballandary got relegated to intermediate, oh. and that's the first time in years right. that that's happened because they were obviously such a, a dominant team in yeah. Derry for so long. Um, <clears throat> and I could see him being injured being a reason for that, obviously. Yeah, well, a lot of people were making a big deal out of the question. It was Marty asking about Mickey Hart coming in, saying, yeah. like, oh, and he was just like, of course. I don't think there was anything in that no. whatsoever. People were making out like that he was. Like it was, but he it doesn't was a like sneer yeah. at Mickey Hart. Well, not a chance. As if he's stupid enough to yeah. do that first why of would all. He, why would he do that? Not a chance. A lot of people like to jump on these um, small little clips. Again, I, like that's that. what I mean when I say it's the off-season and writers and journalists and stuff, they've so little to write about that they'll yeah, have to like. those damn journalists. You know, I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> There's, I can only think of one or two good ones. But <laughs> They're not sitting here. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, they're not. I can't think of any. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, it's a funny one um, with the All-Stars. It's often said that if you don't make it to the business end, then you're in trouble and mm. you're not going to make the team. And Smith didn't make it to the business end. He didn't make it to a quarter-final, actually. They were beaten by, by Cork. Um, and on the other hand, Cormac Costa made it to the final. But the trouble for Cormac Costa was that he had a bad final. Yeah. Um, but he was... He was, year nominee going he into was, that. Yeah, exactly. But he's punished for having a bad final. Yeah. Like the argument with the hurling is that there was nobody outside of the semi-finals got an all-star. Mm. Do you know, so which side is it? It's kind of the best. Yeah. It's your cop between, it's catch-22 like. Like yeah. I, for the record, I think Enda Smith did deserve one. And, oh yeah. Because uh, he got two man of the matches against Kildare, Mayo and... He was brilliant as well, to, in fairness to him, on co-commentary in RT the other day, so good weekend for him. Yeah, yeah, no, he was, he was fantastic for sure. Um, probably feel, yeah, like a, a Cormac Costello, like you say, but I think that happened to Thomas Sullivan last year as well. Going into the yeah. final, all oh, player of the year nominee, you know, that's the sort of form he's in. And then, Shane obviously, Walsh. Shane Walsh <laughs> happened to him in the final. 
so then I don't think he ended up with an all-star then. You know, like, you go from one extreme to the other so quickly. And then, like, in this, an example, like, so who got an all-star? Someone like uh, Shane McGuigan got one because he was excellent and fully deserved one. But if he had a, had a if Derry had a got to the final and then they had a per final, he would he have lost one? He they, probably would have. Do you know? So you well, could, maybe not because he was so good. Yeah, in the well, year. that's it. He was also someone that was maybe in line to be a player of the year Similar nominee. Similar cost, you know? I suppose, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a real headache. Like, I mean, I'm mm. glad I'm not the one picking them to be fair. Although we all know that the GAA Joe team is is the official real. Yeah, that's the barometer. That's it. Yeah. All, all the rest is only small. <laughs> small this. We need to get a GAA Joe ceremony, actually. We do. We do. That's it. And then I can ask Garth McKillen loads of awkward questions. Yeah. <laughs> and make a big deal out of it. Exactly. Um, what did you think of Clifford getting player of the year? Um, it was him or Rogers for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Rogers was outstanding. I was on the fence. I, I uh, what do you think? I'm yeah, throwing it back at you. I, I think that worked well. Um, yeah, I think so. It was he the best player this year? I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, and he probably was. Rogers was outstanding, but then it's that thing he didn't play the final, and he could have had a bad final. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, and it, it Clifford really have a terrible final. He still kept two points, you yeah. know, and middle or won a lot of ball and stuff. Standards, it's just by his standards, yeah. And then uh, after watching him for FASA at the weekend, that highlights rate, it's like there is no doubt that that man is the best Gaelic footballer on the planet, bar none. <clears> and it's it's just crazy what what that man can do. So I don't think I don't think there's too many arguments really. Yeah, we actually still have to talk about FASA. I was going to move on to hurling, um, without that, sure. Yeah, Clifford, it was, I suppose it was the Clifford show, like David and Potty. Potty was unbelievable as well. I got to switch this one on to Clubber at different stages as well. It was hard to keep up with it all, yeah. to be honest. Now, I'm not like, uh, I'm not even trying to be funny here. It was actually just, yeah. it was, I was getting a headache trying to watch it all. But yeah, so you've seen David Clifford's highlights. Yeah. The two men on him, the Paren, who has played for Mid Kerry and has been on Kerry underage panels and he was just glued to Clifford they had another man sweeping in front of him um, and he still kicks 12 points 6 from play and a mark you've seen the highlights yeah I mean frightening <coughs> and it's not like it was just your run of the mill points I mean the dummies and the, like the, the moves he was making and every angle with each foot it, I, I don't uh, know like a, it's a highlights reel that you would be proud of if it was a collection of points you scored throughout your, your entire career. career yeah but he did it in one game and and that's what you expect from him. And like, I'm sure he's devastated, him and Potty, but uh, a break for them boys may not be the worst thing in the world because they've been non-stop, you know, with yeah, obviously getting absolutely. to the junior final last year and then all, to back-to-back all-arm finals with Kerry. Maybe just a month off from football would be do them the world of good and come back refreshed and re-energized. <laughs> yeah, like David clicked his first wide in the 61st minute. He'd, um, that was off the right foot and it would have been an unbelievable score. Yeah. They were a point down at this stage. Um, Milton Casamain had just got their second goal. So Fawcett had looked like winners before before that goal. Dave kicked the wide off the right. would have been, as I said, an unbelievable score. Then he missed a free um, off the left on the 21 at the sideline. It was similar enough to the one that he'd got against Galway in the All-Ireland final. Mm-hmm. Um Last last year, um, kicked that wide to the right. Um, was unlucky. They had another chance. Then they got an indirect free. It kind of seemed in the last minute that every Fossa player they were just looking. Obviously, you're not going to blame them for looking for David or Paddy, but it nearly got a bit too predictable. And there was maybe one time they had a chance. 
But look, it's at the end of the game and uh, Milton Castlemaine held on. Jack O'Connor's son was man of the match, Ian O'Connor, he got eight points. So, um, yeah, it was He, he it played was until there for years. But he was with Moorfield, yeah, yeah, he was. When the he won one, that Leinster. Uh, he was part of that Leinster winning yeah, team and all, yeah. yeah. Uh, him and the brother, both of them were yeah. in the... Uh, yeah, Keane O'Connor, yeah, yeah. I think he was involved as well. Um, that's crazy. And, uh, and then they just came, and it's not even, that's not their home club from Kerry, is it? Uh, well, Jack's home club is Drummond Pierce's, yeah. isn't it? But it depends where obviously they live now. These yeah. are the things we should do before the show. Yeah, let's find out. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah we, we should. Um, but yeah, just the Clifford's like, uh, just while we're talking about David, like I thought his interviews, like he's just, the interviews of the All Stars, like some of the questions that would be asked people at them All Stars, just a little bit awkward kind of mm. at times. Like you'd, Stephen Cluxon wouldn't even talk, which was a little bit like, would you yeah. not just say a word or two? Like, I know. Thank you. Even. Yeah. <laughs> you like know, was, like, they obviously were pre-warned. Like, just don't ask him a question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, David Clifford, there was so many interviews of him and just his answers are just, he's nearly as good off the field as he is on it. Like. Yeah. No, he is. He, he just um, conducts himself so well. He, he really is uh, a genuine role <clears throat> model for, for everyone to, to, to look up to because of the, the pressure that he takes on his shoulders and he just seems to carry it so effortlessly and, um, just because you're a good footballer doesn't mean you're going to be good on camera. When you're on national TV and someone sticks a mic in your face, you know you, you could just be "I'm here to play football" or whatever. But mm. he takes it so so well. He talks so eloquently and and honestly. And yeah, I mean you can't help but not not like him. Although I'm sure there's a lot of defenders that don't. But uh, yeah, I'd say they all definitely respect him at least. Yeah, like uh, imagine marking him like your man Paren was glued him for the game. And did you see the mark Clifford got? Like it was just. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Un- unbelievable stuff. Like, it was disappointing. He didn't deserve to end it that, that way with uh, Miss Free, but I think anyone no. knows that, like, he was the reason. Yeah. For himself yeah. and Potty. Potty was unbelievable as well. Like, just. Another one deserving of his All Star. He had a great final. Oh, unbelievable. He was unbelievable people, yeah. in the final, point, yeah. kick, kicking points, but Kerry really needed him. Like, and yeah. he's just playing. He's gone to another level as well. Yeah. Like, and it's, sometimes it's lost because David's so good, but Potty is just. He, he's nearly. I'd nearly say he is. Like in the top two or three footballers in the country himself, like yeah, I mean, well, like, he's definitely knocking on that door. Like that's that's how consistent he's been in in these top top performances at the at the very top level. Mm. And uh, it isn't just a one man show with David Clifford, but it may be a two man show with the Cliffords. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Foss obviously have other good players of as well. Course, the game is very good and and so on. We're going to be back with uh, hurling, which I'm really looking forward to getting into. Lee, of course, me too. <laughs> Okay, um, so Kildanyan and Clonlara was, um, this was edge of the seat stuff. Like I had St. Lomans and Nace on and for the first few minutes of the game, uh, I was still watching because you know when you're engrossed in one game, you just stick with it. But the hurling soon took over. Um, an unbelievable game. Obviously, it was it was the two red cards had huge, huge bearings on, on the game. Um, Kildanyan had a, a slow start Clonlara were going very well. John Conlon was doing his thing, fresh from winning his All-Star. But Dan O'Mara got a goal that brought Kildanyan back into the game and it was tight going in at half-time. Clonlara maybe two points up, but they had had the wind. And then Kildanyan, Dan O'Mara was sent off five minutes after half-time. You've seen this when it was the dig into the crown jewels. Like, it wasn't yeah. pretty and... It was a good spot for the linesman because it happened very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he could have any excuses about that. No, you but he obviously thought he was going to get away with it because it was such a like a dunt. Yeah, you know, really. Yeah. Uh, 
he thought he was being subtle anyway, but how subtle can you be when you're hitting someone there? Exactly. Um, the second one, Kalani would have more grounds for complaint. Yeah. I'd say it was kind of a blind pull from Sean Hayes. He kind of lost the ball and kind of swung with his body as his momentum was taking him. Yeah. Um, but he still did catch a man on the heel. Um, it's one of them, you, manager wasn't happy with it. But You're probably looking at it even more though because you've already got him on sent off. Do you know, if that was the only red card... Yeah, you feel you were hard done by, like... Yeah, yeah, so you just sort of... You can't help but have two men sent off, even if they were technically deserved, that you're, something's against you. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Hayes one... I'd be on the fence about that. I think maybe he was he was a small... But look, I don't think there was too much intent, but he still did hit a lad. Do you know, it was a, mm-hmm. a strike and a fence, I suppose, um, by the letter of the law. But, yeah, Kildanyan were two men down with 47 minutes gone. Um, and you're thinking like game the game is over like because Clonlara were in the driving seat at that stage they had probably done more of the hurling but Kildanyan are just they're an unbelievable team to work the ball through the lines and they need it to be when you're down to 13 men you just can't you can't afford to hit the ball away Yeah. but if there's any team who can manage that it's Kildanyan because they're so composed Um. I put a video up on my Twitter of their the score Alan Flynn got <clears throat> to put them one up. It was two minutes left in the game. Like this is an incredible score. Like yeah. you you've seen it there. There was nine passes in and five hand passes. Clonlara the lads with two extra men here, and Kilanian are making it look like it's the other way around. Um, and Alan Flynn took it over. Like that was just an incredible score. In those circumstances, you're two down. Yeah. It's the like the game is level. It's in the melting pot. And this near the end of the game, like the composure there was unbelievable, I thought. Yeah, it, it is incredible. And, and, and then it's, it's just accentuated by the fact that, you know, the two last men on the pitch, but they looked like they had more and they looked like there was loads of space. They were somehow making better advantage of it than the that opposition just they, That's just what they do. Like It's like yeah. nearly a football team just doing it, working it so well. Yeah, and even switching the play and how they did it. They, they just did. know where the space is and then go and, and attack. And, and then I was going to ask you even... Um, what like what? How does a red card really look in hurling in terms of like what? What's the team that's now got the numerical advantage? Do you know? Because in football, the more often than not, a player just becomes a sweeper or it becomes two sweepers. You might as well shore up the defence while you still got your attack yeah. going. And um, but in hurling, what would that look like? You know, you've got two men sent off. Yeah, well, automatically, like you're going, you might as well just hit a sharp puck up because you will have a free man in the full back line. Yeah, you're one of another free man, so you should be able to work the ball up the field. Um, like easier than obviously easier than the normal but Clonlara didn't seem to do that they kind of lost their heads a small bit with those sometimes it does the red card um, gets into your head and that's what John Conlon said after the game that it can go go either way but they did they, they'll be they'll be disappointed with how they played in those 15 mm-hmm. minutes because Killanian completely took over the game um, Billy Seymour played a big part in that um, he scored four from play um, but Alan Flynn was just unbelievable in those in those close moments. He'd won two frees, then got that point um, at the end of the great team move to put them in the lead. And then he was, it was like you fell for him because having had such a good game, he gave away the pass that led to uh, Clonlara's winning score for Dermot Stritch, who is only 18 years of age. And the manager, Donald Madden, had said that he was about to take him off uh, just before this. So... Uh, lucky he left them on you have to praise Conlara too that they did come back from yeah they found a way yeah because they had it a wide in injury time and it looked like this was it like yeah Um, 
they found a way and um just an extremely exciting game. I, I suppose the red cards it kind of adds to the. Of course, it does. Yeah, it adds to it. Like and 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 then you, the team uh, with the two less, they had to work so much harder, and that's probably what led to that mistake. Even in the end, because you're just so exhausted. Exactly. You know, um, you got to cover so much more ground. You got to be so sure of every pass, like the mental focus that you would need. Mm. You know, because you've got less options to hit, so you really got to be sure of it. And you know that like a turnover can be. Uh, so costly then because you know you're literally exposed yeah yeah exactly another disappointing result like for like Killian were lucky but uh, Tipperary clubs just haven't been going brilliant in Munster um, in recent times just hasn't um, gone well and a good win for the Clare champions they're going to be up against um, Ballygunner so like they will be up against it um, Ballygunner are going for um, three in a row so um yeah, the Ballygunner and the Pearcy game, it was kind of billed as the big one of the day and it was at four o'clock, but it just couldn't, it couldn't live up to um, Clonlar and Kildanyan. Maybe it was just me, I just, I had watched so many games, but I just was disappointed with the, it was a, it was slow to get going. Um, just a bit dead um, for some, for some reason. Uh, it always feels that way that when the first game is just so exciting. Yeah, like, usually we say it's because it's a football game and like it's never going to live up oh, to uh-huh. Harlem. That's, oh, okay. that's what we always say. <laughs> Down in your end. Yeah. Um, and I always, when I think the best example of that, or the example that always comes to my head, and I know because I was working, I think you were at it, uh, Armand Galway, <laughs> that yeah. All-Ireland quarterfinal that was Kerry. an absolute barns, barnstormer. And then it was Mayo and Kerry afterwards, which in any other day would be headline stuff. Yeah. But you were struggling I, to watch it. I could not keep my eyes on it. Like, cause I was just so emotionally drained nearly from the first time round. But it's it, at the same time, it shouldn't really have too much effect on the players. You probably didn't even no. see the first game. It so was, it is weird. It was a bit of that, but it, it was just, I don't know, where the two teams kind of scoping each other out for, for parts of it. Um, just... Yeah, and the Pearshig especially, they were kind of disappointing. They played a lot of um, short ball and they only kind of came into the game when they had to, you know, the shackles are off in the last few minutes. They were five or six down and they just started raining balls in on top of the Ballygunner, the edge of the square, and they got a goal out of it and they could easily got a levelling goal. Stephen O'Keefe made a, a great save at the finish. But like, like the Pearshig, they have a full forward line. They, they have Adrian Breen, they've... You know, you've Kevin Downs, you've Ron Lynch was up there, Peter Casey. Peter Casey didn't score from play yesterday, which is unbelievable for a player of, of his calibre. Mm. Like, but you think you'd let the ball into to them, you know, when yeah. you have a full four line as, as dangerous as that. Because Ballygunner were under a bit of pressure at the finish when, when it was all hands on deck. Yeah, I don't know if that's maybe just paying too much respect. I think you were saying Ballygunner are going for three in a row. Yeah. Monster, they'll be the first team in Monster to do that, I think. Yeah. Um. So you know they 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 built as we said earlier like a real aura about them and sometimes you can do that you become so afraid of what they can do that you just end up playing almost within yourself and then when you say the shackles come off, it's sure it's too late. It was it was um too late. It took a kind of a scrap before half time to kind of <laughs> gra- to grab my it. attention. Uh, they did they got stuck into each other and then straight into the second half they were getting stuck into each other. Um. As well, um, there were a few things. Um, Park Mahoney man the match, second month's final in a row to get man the match. Like you talk about <clears throat> big game players, he was he was incredible yesterday, and he actually he got eleven points um, 
six frees, two six fives, three from play. But he's a man now that retired from Waterford um, last year, and he just looks like he's he looks like he's even better. He looks faster, fit, everything. He just looks to be a better player since that. Yeah. So can you make sense of that? Like, do you think? Well, probably just like it's freshness. The freshness, yeah. There's less load on your body, isn't there? Um, you've got one thing to focus on rather than you know trying to manage yourself for the intercounty season, peaking for it, and then doing a quick rebuild to try and peak again for, for a the, long club season yeah, for him. Like, exactly. You know, Ballygunner yeah. going all the way, like that's it. Like, and, and you know, if it was at a different club, it maybe would be different. But with Ballygunner, just it's nearly a, it's an all year round job, isn't it? Um, I I just think, it, yeah, that that's probably what it is, isn't it? And then and the mental sort of freshness as well you know um, well you, you've got that one focus one club one life all that sort of thing I, I would say too yeah it's just that must be it I can't think of any reason because it's not like playing inter-county level hinders players it often does bring mm. others on you know because you're playing at such a high level but like it'd be hard to get higher than Bobby that mental, broke, I, mental break I suppose is definitely a thing as well like, because you're, you know you're, you can focus on the club you've you've been there all year that's yeah. what you're kind of dreaming about. Like, Even the travel know. and all the training and mm. um, uh, the different matches all over the, the, the country at that yeah. stage and things. And yeah, that, that has to be it. Yeah, and it's because it's a slow build, isn't it? Like, I mean, say from from Club All-Ireland, then you're into the league. But like, you know, it's everyone knows it's not balls to the walls of the league and, and you can yeah. rebuild and, and get yourself back into tip-top shape for championship, knowing that hopefully it's going to be a really long season. But if you have the inter-county season before that, do you know, there's just nowhere for the body to exactly. catch a break. Exactly. Um, yeah, so Park Manny, he is, he's moving better than ever now. And um, yeah, they, you'd fancy them to, to beat Clan Lair in that Munster final and um, to go on another run. They'd be, they'd be very hard to beat. Like, I didn't think they were brilliant yesterday, but they still, they were seven, six, seven points up with five yeah. minutes to go. Like, so that shows you the level there at Desi Hutchinson, Boston at Peter Hogan. Brilliant wing forward, Paddy Levy. He has his own, his little scoop pass. He doesn't bother with the hand pass. He just scoops it around and he's uh, he's absolutely brilliant at that. So they're going well. Um, the Ulster semi-final, Ulster Club Harland semi-final was an absolute belter um, between Cushendall and Portaferry. Portaferry, they will wake up absolutely heartbroken this yeah. morning, Lee, because three points up with time as good as up you think you're home like that's it yeah and like Portaferry you know they'd have been going into this match really as the underdogs not many were going to predict them beating Cushendall especially how Cushendall went went through the Antrim you know and like because yeah. so many had thought Dunloy were going to go exactly. and dominate it you know so for Cushendall side to come out of it uh, apparently the football yeah. Dunloy did very well in the football this oh year. yeah they got all the yeah. way to the, to the final against Corrigan they just yeah. maybe just ran out of, out of steam a wee bit probably ran out of steam in the, in the hurling and they'd yeah, won no. the intermediate championship in football the year before right so like they've got a real group of dual players they've been you on know. The, they got to the Ireland final in the hurling last yeah. year like, so it's been a long road you know that's it Like I'm, it's, it's boys that are uh, just used to big days and, and stepping yeah. up to locations so it was a really good story with them in the football but yeah and also for Cushendall to you know, be the way they are like no one gave Portaferry a chance and they played so well they gave everything and to be three up but uh, up steps Neil McManus I mean what a man there's another <laughs> fella that retired from Intercounty uh, yeah. this year mm. um, he scores a goal from free right at the death puts it into the bottom uh, right corner yeah. and it was just to, like the goalie was unlucky he stepped yeah. out to try and save it but McManus had bounced it low and it kind of deflected in off the goalie you wouldn't blame him whatsoever it was just a brilliant shot a wet day yeah. McManus was clever bounced it along the ground 
like that is heartbreak like that is for them and it um, did break their hearts because in extra time they, they went on and, and they got well beaten in the end, you know? 11 like, points yeah, yeah they just had nothing left to give then you know like everything they mustered up everything for that 60 minutes plus exactly, exactly. and uh, it, it was stole from them but Cushion Dollar take a lot from that absolutely um, absolutely they will like um, Neil McManus he scored 114 yeah. like 7 points from play Um 35 years old. I know he was on this show earlier in the year and he was telling us that, you know, the body was at him a small bit, like, but the body doesn't seem to be at him um, there or else he's just powering on through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there, um, yeah, jo- it wasn't just um, Neil McManus. Uh, Joseph McLaughlin, Neil McManus actually talked about him in his interview after. He just said that it's not even the talent and the skill, it's the, you know, the the attitude this that has that he loves um, playing with him, this had scored two five, and he's doing his um his leaving cert or his <laughs> his, his A levels, is it? Uh, his A levels, yeah, yeah. yeah, up north, yeah. So like his real qualifications, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's some going, isn't it? To be having two five and you're in your leaving cert. Yeah, I'd say he would rush straight home, sit to the kitchen table, <laughs> get revised, do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have um, slot Neil coming up in the Ulster final, so that'll be a brilliant game. Um. Both Cushendall and Slot Neil are are teams who have made huge impacts on uh, all Ireland club championships. Slot Neil was twice they, they they had a good game against the Piercy, but they nearly had Ballyhale um, one day. Uh, I think that was up in Belfast. Mm-hmm. Cushendall had got to an All Ireland club final before, so um, in recent years, so <clears throat> that's going to be a, a great game, and there'll be players when it comes down to the. Um, all Ireland Club um, series. Uh, just the last thing we will mention is the, I suppose the, the disappointment with the um, announcement from the GA Central Competitions Control Committee um, during the week, where they recommended that any county, any hurling county with fewer than five adult teams, um, should compete in just the Lowry Maher Cup from twenty twenty five onwards. So they're taking away the the league. So that's for. Cavan, Fermanagh, Leitrim, Longford, and Louth. If if it's passed, um, so this would be this would be very disappointing. Like um, mm-hmm. they're saying that the extra, the money that they're going to save, and it is a substantial amount of money that they're going to plow it into hurling to develop in hurling. You know, at at the grassroots, yeah. I suppose, as they say. But like that is like, why are you punishing number one? Like, why are you punishing the players that are currently playing? Yeah. Why are you punishing them? Yeah. to build for the future like why do you take it out on them um, like for even for young players are yeah. they going to are they going to be inspired looking at their flagship team and they're not allowed to play in a league yeah like how is that anyway to go about no none of it makes promoting hurling? much sense to be and then they talk about this money but it, to me that's so vague like I mean how much of it are they going to see and what are they going to see it on they, yeah, like, like, who, they say the equipment like does a team that has very few or a county that has very few clubs do they need a load of hurls is that the issue there's not enough hurls for them, you know. Nice. Um, it doesn't make any sense for the development of, of hurling at all. And like a lot of them teams are in the the north or on the border anyway. Um, and we know that hurling isn't as, as as big a hotbed up there. Mm. Um, and I just don't see how taking away their representations in the highest level, uh, in the most frequent games, will help the game at all. And then when do you bring them back? Like at what point is it okay after this big grassroots sort of funding? 
Do you know, like, what's the end game, really, other yeah, than like, the money? They're punishing teams. And in fairness, the teams have dropped clubs, like. Yeah, yeah. Like, they've, some clubs have just folded in, in those counties that we mentioned. Like, um, their barometer for it was fewer than five adult hurling teams. Like, so, it literally, like, that just, even just listen to that. If you have fewer than five adult hurling teams... Like, we're going to take it away. Like, yeah. it's as if you're just going to, if you're a little bit weak, you're struggling. We're just going to shoot you. Like, that's it. Like. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, no, I, I mean. It's a cost You should giving them a leg up. Like, yeah. you know, rather than uh, taking a leg away. Like, it, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, that is what it is. It's a cost-saving exercise. And they're trying to do it under the umbrella of grassroots and funding and rebuilding. That's and a all. cop out. Like. But I would, you know, you'd nearly have to demand to make every penny public. Like, well, I want to see yeah. every bit. So you say you're going to give this much to Cavan, this much Leitrim for man or whatever. I want to see it all, you know, on paper, and I want to see what it's spent on, and, let, and let's see then. It's the county boards themselves too, though. Like, you know, they yeah. could easily be, like, pushing this, you know, and they could be putting, could easily put, put the money towards football. Like, you yeah, just don't know. They did like, delegate toward, with yeah. them, didn't they? Like, yeah, yeah. You, where's the money going to go once you give it to them? Like, I, I mean, I just think, no, it doesn't It was doesn't good to well, see. It, it was good to see Tom Parsons and the GPS sticking up for them at the All-Stars. Like, um, something had to be said. There's obviously a decision to be made in that. Um, hopefully they'll make the right one. Um, just before we finish off, small bit on the hurling um, All-Stars. I thought the team was, I'd say it was probably the one year at the All-Stars where it was more, there was less complaints than usual. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, across the board. Yeah. yeah. The main one in the hurling was that some people felt... T.J. Reid was lucky. You, to get you one. felt T.J. Reid was lucky. Yeah, well, I didn't, have, I didn't have T.J. Reid on my team. Um, I actually had David Fitzgerald in there and I had a little reshuffle. Uh, I also actually had Cahill Mannion on mine. He didn't really get much of a mention when it came down to it. Um, but, yeah, some, m- many people thought Tony Kelly should have got ahead of T.J. Reid. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Kelly got, like, three Man of the Match awards. He was the top scorer from play in the championship. Just had a very disappointing semi-final where he yeah. never got going Mikey Butler tagged him and kind of took him out of the game um, but it's like what we were saying earlier Lee. Yeah, sometimes you can get punished yeah, you when can, you get there you can lose it all nearly, yeah, yeah you can lose it all in, like. in the build up of it yeah um, and then what do you think of player of the year uh, I thought it was a, an absolute shoe and a hat to be Aaron Gallant yeah. I think he's the best hurler in the country without a shadow of a doubt um, and deservedly won it so Patrick Swell have now won tr- three three hurlers of the year Keane Lynch actually four Keane Lynch won it twice Darren Burns and Aaron Galland so yeah unbelievable isn't it yeah it's just fair play to <laughs> yeah fair play to him that is a good note to end it on um, that's us for, for this week but we'll be back um, again next week it's a big uh, it's most it's a big hurling week we've got the Leinster Club semi-finals next weekend but we also have the Ulster Club football yes and the Munster Club football uh, yeah. so but the yeah. Ulster Club football <laughs> and the Munster Club football <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah we're looking forward to next week see you all then Sports Joe presents the GAA Hour